Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ashley On Air. I am your host, Ashley Rogers. I'm naturopathic practitioner and herbalist specializing in functional medicine. And today we have a very special show. Dr. Michael Muller is joining us today, and we're going to be talking all things testosterone and maybe some erectile dysfunction things, um, and just some things that might really surprise you these days. I know that uh, as I said before, testosterone and low testosterone, low T, is no longer an older man's game. We're seeing low testosterone in younger and younger men. And, you know, we're as naturopaths and I think even regular uh, standard physicians are trying to figure out why. So I really like the crusade that you're on, Dr. Moeller, and uh, thank you for being here today. <laughs> hey, Ashley, I'm, uh, I'm really glad to be here. I've listened to some of your stuff before. You've, you've put out some great content. So I'm, uh, I'm happy to hear. I'm happy to be here and to engage with you and your audience. So uh, thank you. So it's an honor, uh, honor and a to be here. Well, thank you very much. I listened to your stuff as well. And I, like I said, I think you're on a great crusade. And um, yeah, um, you know, you've, you've got your own podcast and we can point everybody in that direction as well. Um, but why don't you go ahead and just kind of introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, your story, why you got into naturopathic medicine and kind of what you're doing now. Sure. Perfect. Uh, so my Dr. Michael Muller. I am a naturopathic doctor. I uh, went to, I got my undergraduate at University, uh, Southern Illinois University Carbondale in pre-medical sciences. And then I went to medical school at Bastyr University, San Diego. So my story, like a lot of other alternative or natural uh, healers, is that I went through the, you know, the medical care system, or as I end up usually calling it the sick care system. <laughs> um, I came down with a, an infection in my bladder, and uh, the medical system, you know, first told me I had an STD, which that caused a lot of, you know, mental turmoil. Like I had a partner at the time, it just, it was just a mess. Mm -hmm. and, and come to find out, I didn't have an STD. Um, so, but they had treated me with antibiotics, the symptoms went away and came back. I had like UTI symptoms, pretty much a lot of burning, uh, when I urinated, had to go off then a little bit of discharge, just overall not fun stuff. So, but basically I just got put on antibiotics. It would go away and then it would come back. And after five or six rounds of antibiotics, it came to the point where I got a cystoscopy and they, they, they have a camera go up inside your, your, your urethra and look into your bladder, which is not a fun procedure. Sounds, I was going to say, that's sounds a, really fun. Yeah, that goes, that's the, for those guys out there, that's going up your penis hole. So mm -hmm. not, a, not a fun procedure. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I didn't get a whole lot of answers. So basically, I just looked into the condition on my own, uh, figured out what things irritate the bladder. I eliminated them. I started sleeping better. I mean, I was in college at the time doing all the things wrong, staying up late, eating bad, um, you know, not just taking care of my body, drinking too much. And I just did a bunch of natural stuff and, uh, you know, knock on wood, it went away. And that was kind of a dawning on me, um, that, Hey, if something like this happens to me or a loved one, I need to be able to figure the stuff, uh, stuff out on my own. Um, also luckily for me, I was, I was a history major. And at that point I'd shifted into health education, which health education really is convoluted with a mixture of research that it's very much you know, whoever pays for the study gets, it tells you what you want. You know, the food yeah. guide pyramid designed by 
um, wheat company, you know, companies that produce seed and wheat. And, and, um, but at the time I was bodybuilding, working at GNC. So I was very much health oriented and, um, you know, I was going to go to medical school, but I was kind of disillusioned with the whole medical care system. And then, uh, luckily for me, I found naturopathic medicine and, uh, never really looked back. So here I am, I graduated in 2017 and, and now I practice at uh, Shine Natural Medicine in Solana Beach. And then I practice at American Male Medical in Irvine. And my main focus is uh, men's health. I really like the whole optimal living because that's just something I do. So when guys come in, uh, you know, guys, you got to go in and see the doctor now. Don't wait till you're sick. It's too late. Like <laughs> it's, 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 it's an uphill battle. So go in and see a doctor now, get checked up, get your mm-hmm. levels measured and prevent everything because by the time you get something, it's too late and you often don't know where the triggers are coming from. So, uh, but yeah, right now I practice mostly uh, hormonal uh, replacement therapy and, you know, erectile dysfunction. So that's my spiel. <laughs> Perfect. It sounds like it. And that's so funny how you mentioned, um, you touched on it briefly. I mean, and, and it's all of the naturopaths pretty much have the same story. Like they went mm-hmm. through the standard care, something didn't work, whether they were really young, whether it was a parent or a loved one or something like that. Uh, but for myself, I went through at a young age and had some things wrong that I could only fix holistically at a young age. Um, but I was also on that same path and doing like pre-med and pre-nutrition studies and learning about, you know, the food pyramid and nutrition of what they were trying to tell us. Uh, I was, I, that's exactly what turned me off. I remember the class I was in and the food pyramid learning who, you know, makes the food pyramid and why they, you know, have these standardized ways that we should be eating. And it was just, it was such a turnoff to me. And that's why I was like, you know what? I got to take a break. I got to like, reassess what I want to do because I was like you so like disillusioned by the standard care mm-hmm. you know and, and our generation too we're really getting to the point where we take a lot of uh, a lot more self-responsibility where it used to be you know the MD knew everything you went into your doctor you listened to him and now we have Google and and again always work with a qualified health practitioner Google can be very deceiving you know it's like I have a headache and it's like okay am I dehydrated <laughs> or do I have a brain tumor so yeah Mm-hmm. Um, I still get that all the time, you know, and, and, and I actually, um, you know, I, I encourage my patients to go home, do your own research. And because I want them to feel comfortable with the things that I'm doing, especially when you come to something with like testosterone replacement, there's a lot of negative stigma with it. Um, I had a patient yesterday who we had started on testosterone. I, I do, I do like a whole presentation with my patients, but he came in and was like, Hey, I read on one website that this can increase heart attack. And I'm like, yeah, there was one study, but there's 40 other studies showing that it doesn't. So it's, it's really, and it's really easy, especially with the, the fake news and the media and, and uh, just everything being really one-sided. It's very easy to cherry pick information. And I think one of the best things uh, to find a good qualified health practitioner is to find someone that just can critically think. You know, before it was just MDs, they, you know, they got a protocol and then that's what happened. You have, you have interstitial societies like my symptoms. They just give everyone back. They give everyone antibiotics because they can't do anything else. They're right. going to either cut it or give you a pill. And after that, they're kind of like, well, I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, it's so true. And, um, you know, I think that it, especially with low testosterone, you know, guys are kind of walking around. Well, everybody is. Okay. So, so probably just like yourself, I get people in all the time. Like, well, I have these symptoms and I Googled it. I did my research. 
And, and I'm like, great, you know, that's wonderful. You, you know yourself very well. You have to live with yourself every day, you know, so you know these symptoms and you know, and you know, you, you can feel it. I cannot, you know, they basically have the answers and we just have the tools to teach them and to say, Hey, okay, yes. Like you said, you found this one thing, but that's really what this means. And there's 40 other things otherwise. So I think you, like you said, we are shifting um, and learning a lot from our, our patients and clients because they really you know, they do do their research and we want them to in a way, yeah. but like, be careful. Uh, but with the low testosterone um, epidemic, as you called it uh, in your words, and I think that's such a great word for it is, you know, guys are coming in and they're like, oh, you know, I have brain fog and I have this and I have that. What all the, you know, all the things, all the symptoms, but my, my doctor has been telling me that this is normal, you know, mm-hmm. and they are very surprised even, you know, 25, 35, 40 that I say, well, we need to probably test your hormones. And they're like, why I'm young, you know, and they're surprised by what they find. So tell me about your experiences with some of the things that you're seeing clinically with the younger guys these days in the low testosterone. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the research is now really starting to show us that, uh, uh, one fourth of men over the age of 30 have low testosterone. Okay. That's so crazy. yeah, when you're, so if you're right now, if you're 30 years old and you're a guy and listen to this, you need to get your testosterone measured and in, in, in all labs for that matter, because I don't treat numbers. Okay. Right. I treat, I treat people. And the same thing with imaging people like we'll get it, get an imaging done. It's like, it looks like you have a slap tear, but you don't have any shoulder pain. Like why fix it? So these numbers are very individualized and that's why you need to see a functional practitioner or someone that just works individually and says, Hey, to hell with the numbers. How do you feel? Well, mm-hmm. not to hell, but just to like, those are a guiding. They're just, they, yeah. they're just there to help me. They're just there to guide me because some guys I see their levels. They feel good at 700. Some guys don't feel, you know, some guys feel good at 400. It just really depends on uh, how the body, the body is, um, how you're feeling. And, and everyone has a different form of homeostasis. So, Um, you know, like even me individually, when I moved out to medical school at 23, my testosterone was a little bit under 500, which what's really more important is the free testosterone. But just to keep things simple, a lot of times we talk total, total Mm -hmm. um, but again, not really that optimal. But then again, when I remember, you know, coming out of undergraduate, the stress, I was working out a lot. I was burning my candle at both ends. And I heard about the reference range being from at that point, it was 350 to 1200, which they actually lowered it a couple of years ago. And we can talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just even when I was measuring guys in clinic, when I was an undergrad, every guy was coming back suboptimal. Optimal levels of total testosterone, according to the research, as far as heart disease, Alzheimer's, diabetes prevention is over 700, 900 range. Uh, those guys just live longer. There was a, yeah. a huge study that came out that showed guys with higher testosterone live longer. And, um, as I got into practice for the last two years, I probably run about probably two to 300, uh, testosterone, like for initial screening on guys and hardly any guys are coming back in that optimal range. I'm talking 5%. You know, I can think of a handful of guys that are coming in over seven to 800. And again, the free is more important, but, and also on my end, I'm like, well, I have a biased population because people are coming in to see me, um, because something's going wrong, but you know, 75% of the guys I test are probably 400 or below, mm-hmm. which is suboptimal. Like in 1988, the average 60 year old had a testosterone around 600 milligrams per deciliter. So these guys, even at 30 to 40 are coming in with a testosterone level that was a 60 year old in 1988. Mm-hmm. And so they showed that study from 1988 to 2002, the average testosterone level dropped 100 milligrams per deciliter, which is, you know, 20, 30%. Mm-hmm. And it's about been 20 years since that study. So I'm assuming that the average levels dropped even lower than that. 
And the, the crazy thing about that is in 2017, the endocrine society, endocrine society basically said, oh, well, all the levels are just lower. So our, our reference range must be wrong. So the range used to be 350 to 1200 and now it's 250 to 850. So they literally, like if you were, if you got your testosterone measured three years ago and you're at a thousand, you would be optimal. Now you would be super physiologically high. Right. And I have that all the time where I get my patients to an optimal level and the doctor's like, this is too high. And I'm like, there's no research showing that you have no research saying that his testosterone is at a thousand milligrams per deciliter. Show me a research paper. There are, there are some negative sequelae as far as like maybe red blood cell being, being thicker and prostate and, and estrogen. But I'm like, as long as we're controlling those variables, there's no research to show that this is dangerous in any way whatsoever. And it's right. terrible because there's a negative stigma. Like you said, these guys come in ED, low libido, brain fog, losing muscle, putting on fat, depressed, anxious, just feel like absolute poo. Mm-hmm. And the, and, and, and again, is it, is it a chicken or the egg kind of thing? Is it the testosterone right. is low sort of feeling this way? Are they feeling this way and their testosterone went down? But we do know that this can help, even if it's just doing things uh, naturally and these guys get turned away. It's, uh, it's sad. It's really sad. Yeah. Uh, I actually had a friend, he's in uh, low 30s, and all those symptoms that we just talked about, low libido, not feeling that energy. He has two daughters, doesn't feel like playing with them. And he, you know, he texts me, he's like, Hey, Michael, what's going on? I go, Hey, go get your testosterone measured. He goes and gets his testosterone measured. And it was like 240, which is low. And he's 33. Okay. Yeah. Not 70 or 80. This reference range was made from 18 to 81. Okay. Yeah. So 250, you should be like 81. And uh, so he goes in, gets his measured. The doctor's like, Oh, you have low testosterone, but for in, in order to properly diagnose you, and to have insurance coverage, you need to have two levels um, read underneath 250. He goes back two days later, his next levels come back like 265. So just like, you know, 10 points higher, which is 10 points above the range. And again, yeah. if this happened two years ago, he would clearly have low testosterone. So right. uh, he was denied, you know, testosterone replacement therapy. And there are things too, you can do HCG or Clomid at, at that age. And mm-hmm. we can talk about that later. But this, this reference range is, it's, it's really causing some problems with people. And, uh, 50 years ago or hundred years ago, when you didn't have like, if someone came in and they, they, you know, were feeling sluggish, had low, like say felt cold all the time, were losing their hair, gaining weight. Like you would just say, Oh, you have hypothyroidism. Here's some thyroid medication. Sure. And they feel better. You couldn't measure a lab. And now all these practitioners care about are these stupid numbers. And it's just like this person sitting in front of you suffering and you're going to deny them and tell them the worst part is when you tell them, Oh, it's in your head, you know, all this other stuff. And it's like, man, we just need a little more compassion and it's tough. You know, it's tough being a practitioner because we're spending a long time with these people and we're developing a connection. And, and often when you're seeing a lot of people, you end up putting up a wall. But um, yeah, I mean, the reference range, it's almost like it doesn't make sense. When I came out of school, I'm like, this isn't even right. The levels need to be lower. And then when I start talking to guys and I, and I correlate, I'm like, wow, no, you have low T symptoms. Your testosterone's low. So here we are, you know, trying to figure this out. And the different, you know, practitioners are kind of all doing things differently. So yeah, that's so true. And in functional medicine, like you said, when, when you know, we don't just look at testosterone, there's a lot of other uh, uh, yeah, markers that we look at. And that's based on the person too. It's not just, you know, you're not going to do maybe not the same workup. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is like a slab of things you can do generally, but you know, per person, per symptom, per lifestyle, per what we know about them. Like you said, we're spending a lot of time with these people. So we get to know a lot more of their story than say like the standard what are your symptoms? Okay, take this pill or let's test this. Well, you're in this reference range. Well, the th- another thing with reference ranges is like, what are all the variables that there are so many different variables. It's almost impossible to put a number on, on certain things. And I wonder if, and I've been doing some research on, um, 
and, and I, I, I'm a huge advocate for men's health as well, um, but a little bit of research on like women and how when the upswing of birth control started, oh, yeah. did society and hormones and how women are picking the wrong partners, how their children mm -hmm. are affected in there. Because when you think about it, like men and women too, but, but boys in the womb, you know, all the things form, you know, all, <laughs> you know, you're getting, you know, you know, so it's like you have, you have to you have to wonder, do you think that the upswing of birth control in women has something to do with, with the testosterone epidemic that's going on now? 100%. Uh, and I'm pretty sure there are studies that show that what testosterone, how much testosterone a male has is often how many androgens he's exposed to while he's in the wound of the mother. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and so we know that when women go on birth control, it just their hormones go over the place, they get off, they get pregnant, and their body's just like, you know, it basically, we told we just told your body that it was pregnant from 18 to 30, and now you get off. And, and yeah, I've seen the studies, the divorce rates. I mean, it makes perfect sense when women, and they've done studies on this, when women are ovulating compared to when they're on their uh, period, they choose different partners. And mm -hmm. to be in one state of that for 20 years, you find a partner, and they show it. I don't, I don't necessarily want to use the word masculine, but um, when women are ovulating, they tend to choose the guys with like sharper jaw lines, more muscles, a little more you know, confident. Mm -hmm. And when they are um, on, on their period, they tend to choose more of like, more of like a, a sense, a sensitive guy, a little more loving, right. a little more like caring. So they're like, they want to mate with a guy that's going to, mm -hmm. you know, produce a dominance hierarchy um, kind of guy, um, like a son, but the, our daughter, but then they, they want kind of a, a sensual guy to kind of help raise the child so and i mean that's just evolution and we're, we're we're dealing with all these weird things that have happened in the last hundred years where we're not tribal you know we, we bumped out of that really quick and now on top you got birth control you have xenoestrogens you have um just sitting in traffic people don't think about when you sit in traffic those brake pads that everyone hits that those those particles go in there and you breathe those in so yeah. heavy metal exposure talk you know all this stuff and, and again, I kind of related to the autism things like, where's this coming from? We don't know, but we see an increase in chronic disease. We see an increase in hormonal dysregulations. Um, all these autoimmune diseases are on the rise. So there's a wide variety of things that are happening. Partly though, we are, we are doing things that prevent a lot of these acute diseases, which is great, you know, antibiotics and vaccines, but it's like, what is that doing to our, our long-term health? Yeah. And like you're saying, we're really starting to see that mess with, with hormones, which are, you know, are, are a very important part of health. So. It is. It's an important part of health and it's an important part of, um, you know, our, our generations of the future. As yeah. well. How are they going to, <laughs> how are they going to evolve or, you know, change over time? And it's like, you know, we are, we're trying so hard right now to pinpoint everything. And I think we're doing a pretty good job. I think we're yeah. starting to make waves now. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, it's, it's everything. There's so many different factors that it's, how can you, I guess in our minds, and I don't know if I can speak for you, but how can you possibly put a reference range um, on that when there are, are all these different variables? And like you said, we got away from being tribal, which we were just, I mean, literally like on the, on the time scale, like just yesterday mm -hmm. <laughs> or maybe even hours ago, you know, we were, you know, mostly indigenous and like all, you know, all the things. And I grew up in Oklahoma. So, um, you know, I'm part of the Cherokee and Choctaw tribe and learned a lot about, you know, my history and things like that. I think that's where I get a lot of my like innate, like live off the land, I love herbs, mm -hmm. like woo woo plant lady, uh, as everyone likes to say. But I mean, you know, it's, it's, and then from a health and medical standpoint, it's just so interesting to see all of these things changing and evolving for, you know, inside of functional medicine, but then the standard is like, well, you know, you're not old enough to have low T or like you said with your friend, they yeah. have to have two tests under 250. And it's like, what is that? Why? What? Yeah. 
I don't well, insure. Yeah. That's like because our practitioners are controlled by insurance, and that's why I do cash only. Yeah, so, you know, if you're gonna work with me, we I, I I can't do insurance because then they tell me, well, he doesn't have low T, so you can't give him T, and right. I'm like, who are you to tell yeah. the doctor what this patient needs? And that's another yeah. just kind of hiccup with our system. There's plenty of things that are going kind of wonky right now, but. Absolutely. And insurance too, and same, you know, they want you to, they want to pay you based on, you know, what you, I guess, diagnose and how many people that you see per day. And it doesn't really allow you to have the amount of time that you need to properly, you know, spend the time with each individual, right? Because you yeah. kind of feel like you have to pump them out and go to the next, but you, um, you're not so against you. So when someone comes to you with low T, you know, you are, you're, for, you know, working with pharmaceuticals as well as, you know, other things. So tell us a little bit about how some of that protocol might work. Well, this is, this has been my biggest hiccup because in school, and, and again, it was really self-experimentation and experimentation with my friends while I was in school where I'm like, Hey, you know, our tea's kind of low. Let's see if we can get it optimally by doing things right. And, and guys would tell me, Hey, so my tea's low doc. How do we, how do we naturally raise my testosterone? It's like, okay, we can do this. Uh, you quit your job. <laughs> move to the country, build a farm, have an organic garden, uh, get our nine hours of sleep a night, throw your TV away, turn off your blue light walking glasses, get in a sauna a couple times a day, make sure that you're exercising regularly, low carb diet, you know, like all these things. Yeah. Oh, oh. I'm like, oh, that, cause it's like, we don't know exactly where all this is coming from, but I think it's, it, there's, there's straws that break the camel's back. Right. Okay. So I'm all for helping guys um, attempt to raise their testosterone naturally. And I'll just be blatantly honest. When if you're like three to 400, we could naturally maybe get up to 450 to 500, but you're really not going to see a resolution of symptoms. And that's what I'm trying to do with my patients. Sure. Um, and we can mitigate, you know, like everything, like it used to be, Oh, well let's stick to the natural protocol. It's like, you're getting hammered with so many different outside variables that you, it's not even, you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, well we, like, let's just go walk on the sun because it's natural. It's like, no, it's like, there's too many chemicals out there right now, endocrine disruptors, things that are just hammering your levels down. So we end, and that's what medicine is, is combating it, you know, meet the patient where they're at, stop the bleeding. Um, but you know, so there's plenty of things you can do naturally to help raise your testosterone in that. But what it comes down to is mostly getting rid of the things that are crushing your testosterone, which is lack of sleep, lots of stress. We know cortisol basically shuts off your uh, synthesis of testosterone. I mean, that's, that's, that's been proven. So any type of stress in general, so having too much sugar, uh, not getting enough sleep. And then when we start talking about being exposed to like xenoestrogens, like BPA plastics, drinking out of water, uh, plastic water bottle, uh, plastic water bottles, um, basically that goes into your body and binds these estrogen receptors and it, and it shuts off your gonadotropin releasing hormone, which lowers your LH, which lowers your testosterone. And then a lot of the heavy metals exposures are lowering your testosterone. So the main things that have actually been shown, though, are things that help reduce stress. Like, to my understanding, the really only herb that has double-blind uh, uh, double placebo-controlled trials showing that it raises testosterone is ashwagandha. Mm -hmm. And ashwagandha is a great herb because it's an adaptogen, so it helps your body find balance. But also, some people, and you've probably experienced this with your patients, especially for guys, a lot of guys will take ashwagandha and they actually get really tired because it has yeah. some SSRI properties in it. It's a very calming herb. Right. So where, where guys are, like, trying to get this oomph, you know, a lot of people do like a Siberian ginseng, but again, I don't, I haven't seen any research and I haven't really seen it work in my clinical practice. Um, what you can do naturally is looking at stuff like chrysin and dim and calcium deglucrate, things that help, you know, lower estrogen, uh, lower the conversion into DHT. Um, but at the end of the day, what I see being most effective, depending on their age, is using some type of pharmaceutical intervention. And I'll meet the patient where they're at. Like mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm very much a doctor as teacher. I'm like, hey, if I were you, I would do this. 
you know, so two different guys, some guy can come in at like 45 is kind of where you start looking at using actual testosterone under that. You want to be using like HCG or Clomid because that's going to keep the guys fertile depending on what they want and keep their, keep their testes running. Because once you start giving exogenous testosterone, it can shut down your own endogenous production in your testes and shutting your testicles off. Um, so again, these are just conversations I have my penis or my patients. <laughs> Freudian, Freudian slip there. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, you know, again, meeting the patient where they're at, what are your goals? What are you looking to do? Why do you, what's going on in your life right now? And then there's even been some, some younger guys that I'll put them on something like Clomid and I've seen them, their, their levels go up and then I pull them off and they stay up. Um, but that's not, that's not every guy. And that's why, again, when you're doing testosterone replacement, make sure you're working with someone that has, you know, that's, that's staying up on the, with the research and the, the, the field's always changing. And getting a lot of reps in was something very important for me because I learned some protocols in school, but when I came out, um, I really, I learned really quickly that sometimes those don't work. So, cause like a lot of people will do testosterone siphonate, like 200 milligrams once a week, mm-hmm. which often is great. Um, but what I do see is the higher bolus you give at once, like some people do a shot every two to four weeks, you're going to get way more side effects as far as you're going to get more estrogens, you're going to be holding more water. Um, you know, your hemoglobin, A1 or your, uh, hemoglobin, hematocrit, RBCs can go high. So just really kind of, kind of tweaking that. And unfortunately there's a lot of TRT clinics out there that are like mill clinics that just bring guys in, throw them on testosterone, see you later, uh, see you in six months. And I check in with my guys in six weeks, I'm running labs a couple times a year. I genuinely like developing a relationship with my patients. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I, I prefer smaller groups and I work like working intimately and getting to know guys and. And like you said, like, just because we fix your testosterone doesn't mean your whole life's going to be better because yeah. why did it happen? Um, some guys, their testosterone goes up and that actually causes uh, a rift in the relationship because their partner's not ready. Like, <laughs> Cause you know, like, especially I had a guy, you know, his wife was going through menopause and then she wasn't being treated and then his libido went up and then he got frustrated and she wasn't ready and, and vice versa. You know, like a lot of women are being treated and the guys aren't on, aren't on the level. And then that causes some, uh, some rift in the relationship, you know, sexually. Yeah. And then that, that gets into everything, you know, arguing at dinner and stuff. Yeah. So very, you know, long, 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 uh, answer to your question is it's very individualized with every guy. It's just gonna, it's gonna, there's going to be a lot of things to consider as far as labs, everyone micronutrient tests. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're low in zinc and selenium, like that can cause testosterone deficiencies. So, you know, kind of get a picture of the guy, see where he's at and uh, go from there. Yeah, absolutely. And then you mentioned, um, you know, elevating testosterone. So what about um, your experience with men young or maybe not so much older, but younger men who have incredibly high testosterone levels for whatever reason, it may be high adrenals, whatever the cause, mm-hmm. uh, and they just have this insatiable sex drive that they don't know what, in, you know, what to do with. Have you experienced that? And what, what are some of the causes of that? And what are some things that that could mean, like as far yeah. as you know, root cause or long-term. I mean, I think this is where we start getting into some real gray area, especially when we start talking about testosterone levels. Uh, we know sperm counts are down like from hundred million to 30 million, like, you know, 50 years ago, sperm counts used to be up there. And I think in general, just the pace of society in life, I would assume. And when I talk to these older gentlemen who are 60 to 70, they'll be like, you know, my libido's down. I only want to have sex like once to twice a week. And then when I talk to 30 year olds, like, you know, my libido's down. I only want to have sex once or twice a week. And I'm just like, I'm seeing that a lot. I think our generation in general is we're just so focused on work now. We're just so much more of these stressors as far as finances, relationships. We're not in this tribal community. 
So I think when you're talking about these guys, you're like, yeah, I want to have sex, you know, a couple, you know, five times plus a week. I think that's, that's pretty normal. I haven't seen too many guys. I will say when, when I put them on testosterone, that they go super high and then they're wanting it like once, twice a day, every day, all the time. Um, I say that like, again, that can be kind of a relationship problem just because, you know, like time and uh, we're not, we're not really focusing like relationships and love don't really come first like they should. Yeah, you know, which is it's a pity, and we're more worried about like, well, I got to get up early tomorrow because I got to work, so I don't have time. I'm too tired to have sex. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like really like you're too tired to be intimate with your partner. Like, what's the point of life? And we're just shifting into this place where our our careers and our jobs are more important than our family. And I, we could get into huge conspiracy theories about that. I like I'm born and raised in a small town, and I just see the. Um, the necessity of small communities and getting to know people and the slow pace of life. And from go to go from that to Southern California, like I understood very quickly. I'm like, I understand why people are burnt out. You sit sit in traffic an hour, both ways, not eating good food. You have, there's very, there's lower senses of community here. Um, It's just, you're one person out of 10 million. And you know, in a small town, it has, it's like drawbacks, like Mm -hmm. everyone knows everybody, which can be a good thing and a bad thing. So, but I, I, again, getting back to that, getting away from this, this tribal feel is really starting like libido is going to be one of the cornerstones of that. Like what's going on? Like our bodies are smart. Mm -hmm. I did, we're talking about ED, like guys are like, well, why, why, you know, we, we had, you know, we, we had sex and then I don't feel like having sex again for a week. And your body's like, you're, you need energy. Okay. Like you want to get into the energetic parts of like chi, yang, yin energy. Like you are trying to, every time you ejaculate, you're trying to create a human life force. Okay. Like that's not just going to, you just, that just can't be a 15 minute appointment. Like once a day thinking about it and all these, you know, just like, Oh, I'm going to turn it on and create a baby. You know, your body is very smart and it's like, uh, you don't have money or you're worried about money. You think Mm -hmm. you have it. You're sitting in traffic all day. You're in a job you don't like your relationship with your partner is messed up. Like obviously why would you have an erection right now? Because your body's like, I don't have a baby. Like having a baby right now would be even more stressful. Yeah, absolutely. So getting back to, you know, parasympathetic, sympathetic, and on the other end when your testosterone is low, that really affects your confidence, you know, increases anxiety, depression, and ED is very, a very psychosomatic uh, thing on top of the blood, regu- uh, blood sugar regulations and, and, and heart disease in the penis. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And I, I like that you spoke on the energetic part of it as well, because, um, just speaking a little personally, like my husband, for instance, he is very, uh, and I, I think that's the, the man and woman difference. I mean, not difference, but you know, where, you know, women can derive a lot of power from being in tune with their, you know, sexual energy. Whereas men, that's what, like, he, he tells me he feels more connected. He feels more relaxed. He feels more like his brain is sharper and he can focus and he feels just like this whole energetic shift whenever he's able to tap into a sexual energy, mm-hmm. you know, have sex regularly and, and just feel like that part of his manliness, I think if that's the right word for it, is, is tapped into. So he's one of the, he's one of the few who, um, he has a a very good libido and Mm -hmm. and I'm just, I'm very thankful for that obviously, (laughs) but you know, you just don't see that very often, you know, he feels because of the way society is, he, he honestly feels like is something wrong with me? You know, I'm, I, I want to have sex a lot. Is that I'm like, no, there's that you're, you're one of the lucky ones. You're one of the lucky few, you know, so let's be thankful for that. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, so that's, it's pretty sad that that's the way we've kind of shifted. And and these things are often taboo and people don't talk about them. So people don't know. And then people get ashamed or people get, you know, like a lot of times with ED, um, you know, guys have been struggling for like 20 years 
before they come in and see me. And, you know, I'm like, Oh, great, man. I'm I'm glad you decided to come in and make a shift in your life. But to, um, you know, to struggle with something like that for 20 years, man, I just, uh, it's uh, one of those difficult times as a practitioner that I don't want to be like, (laughs) and like drop my job, but also be understanding and be like, okay, you know, that happened. Um, also we just kind of, we live in an idea that, that, that kind of pushes that away, you know, mm-hmm. they like, you know, and we're getting, we're getting better in that. I think women on average see the doctor twice as often, you know, like yeah. guys are just, you know, guys are guys. And Absolutely. Uh, they won't go unless it's like broke, you know, falling off, won't get up. Yep. Yeah. And that's one of the, my big messages to when guys, I'm, and I'm, I, when I'm on social media, it's like, dude, just go get your levels checked. Mm-hmm. Like, you just, you don't even know where you're at. That was one thing for me as soon as I turned 23 to see where my levels were. And my levels did get sub like, like 250-ish one time. And I was sick and those some other stuff going on, but that was like a real wake up call for me because again, I felt like I was doing everything right. I'm an actually by the doctor. I'm eating all the good stuff. I'm going to bed on time. But then it's like, okay, was I exposed to high amounts of glyphosate as a kid? I was growing up on a farm. Glyphosate, which is Roundup Ready, has been shown to be uh, t- uh, toxic to lytic cells, which produce testosterone. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like swimming in pools, you have like chlorine and all these other stuff and then the plastics. And it's just hard to tell where these things are coming from. So as a practitioner, when guys come in, I'm like, we can go down the rabbit hole of trying to find the symptom. But for right now, it's like, that's going to be putting a bandaid on a bleeding neck. And that's often where I'm like, we can put you on testosterone now, HCG, Clomid, whatever it is, get your levels up get you pointed in the right direction. And then you want to do these things. You want to eat right. You want to go to the gym. The hardest thing I think for most guys and even practitioners, I have a lot of my friends that are practitioners that, that make their uh, patients kind of earn their testosterone. They're like, well, once you do everything right for two years and they do it right for three months and they just lose energy because your testosterone is low. You don't want to do any of that stuff. Well, when you have all these symptoms all the time and you, like you're saying your testosterone is low and you're, you know, you're no energy and all of these things and you have all these constant constant symptoms mm-hmm. then you just need that mental break sometimes you just need that like i need to be like you keep saying met where i'm at and i need these symptoms to stop so i can focus on living the best life <laughs> like yeah. i i don't have the energy to keep working for it so i yeah yeah and who wants to cook when you have no energy like one of the big things i hear from guys is is I had, a, I had a patient and he was on testosterone, went to another practitioner and like a health, you know, alternative health practitioner. And, um, they took him off. Like, this is bad. You're like 35. You don't need this. And his T was low to begin with, went back down and he called me for a second opinion. And he was like, well, I was on testosterone. I felt, and I just asked him like, Oh, how did you feel? He's like, great. I get up in the morning. I'd go work out. Uh, eat well, go to the, uh, you know, go to work, come home, play with my daughter, me and my wife would cook dinner, we'd have family food, to, you know, we have uh, 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 dinner together, me and my wife would have sex several times a week, I would wake up and I just felt great. And I'm like, okay, well, what's going on now? He's like, well, I'm working out maybe a couple days a week, and it's really a struggle to get out of bed. Uh, work, I can do well at work, but he's like, if I put a lot of energy in at work, then I don't have time for my daughter. And I, he's like, I have to pick, do I, do I work hard? Do I play with my daughter? Or do I have, you know, do I hang out? Do I put a lot of energy into my wife. He's like, I have to kind of pick right now. And I'm just like, um, you know, like, let's kind of look at that, man. Let's step back and reflect. And like, this was your life before. This is your life now. Which one do you, how, how do you want to go through life? And that's, an, that's another thing that makes me a little bit different. I'm all about optimal aging and living your best life. And I, I personally would rather live a life like that till I was 60 and die early of whatever thing some of BS expect. You know what I mean? True. That is so true. Then live to 70 and live the life you're living now, man. So even if when people are like, well, this could happen, this could, I'm like, well, okay, pick, you know, pick your poison because unfortunately in life, sometimes you don't get like good and bad. Sometimes you get like, 
not so like not so good and and bad. You know what I mean? Like at some yeah. point, like yeah, pick your poison. Exactly, and it's it's about optimal living and optimal life. You know, you're gonna have a few really great, great, great years. Are you going to have this lifelong, you know, thing of where you're just, just dragging and dragging and nothing is changing for you, you know? So really, you know, I, I like that you, um, you know, you're able to incorporate both of those things because it, and I think that, that men need it right now. Like we need a hard stop to kind of, and it's not going to happen, but if you can, if you can help just a, a few people to have a hard stop on these symptoms and things that are happening. Um, and I just, I, when you were saying about, you know, Oh, I had the, your friend having the energy to go to work and come home and do the dinner and do the family fun and probably walk the dog and have all the sex and, and stuff yeah. like, that, you know, and today was, if we had the same, you know, I grew up in a small town where everyone worked their ass off all day long. Mm -hmm. You know, the community, we had a farm, we had animals, we had a garden, we had all the things. And if I'm just, you know, if, if the men in my life or even the women in my life had that same mentality, I can't imagine what it would have been like for me growing up. And that was mm -hmm. only, you know, 20, 30 short years ago, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I just, if we keep continuing down that path where people just are too tired and don't have time for one another, that's going to be kind of devastating. Mm -hmm. We don't want our kids to see that either. You know, as a mother, I'm like, oh my gosh. And, and on days that I'm like, I'm just so tired. I feel kind of guilty that, you know, I know I get it. You have days. You're just freaking yeah. exhausted and it's a damn long day, you know, but um, you wouldn't want to be like that all the time, you know, and, that, and it's very concerning that it's help, you know, happening to men younger and younger. So well, and I think the main thing with andropause, you know, and menopause is when women do their change and that happens very abruptly. Okay. Mm -hmm. The hormones just kind of shut off, things shift around. Where with guys, it happens very slowly. You know, mm -hmm. like when they're 30, Hey, I want to have sex five, seven times a week. When I'm 40, I want to have sex a couple of times a week. But even now it's happening from 22, 30, like they mm -hmm. lose the muscle. And I think one of the main things that guys don't understand is that testosterone is very important for motivation. And it's very important for just your mental state. When your testosterone is low, like I said, you don't want to do anything. You're just depressed. You're anxious all the time. When your testosterone's high, it's like your chest is beefed up. You're like, all right, world, I'm ready to come out here and do great things. When your testosterone's low, it's like, I don't want to do anything. Uh, you know, then you feel guilty about stuff. It's just a negative feedback loop that just, just spirals you into this like this this ugly place. And then guys get, you know, it's like depression. When you get in there, you just don't see a way out. You feel guilty about things. Um, you blame yourself. Oh, I'm not a man. My I, and I try and tell guys that too, when we have the, the first conversation with levels, I'm like, this level is not who you are. Okay. Because right. guys, I go on the Reddit forums and guys are like, Oh, I just got diagnosed with low T. I'm so ashamed. How did this happen to me? It's like, look, man, it's like, don't like blaming yourself. Isn't going to get you anywhere. Like this is where you're at. And let's do our best to get you out of there. Uh, something happened. Let's try and figure it out. But dude, we're going to, we're going to get you out of this. Okay. We're here. Yeah. We're together. I'm going to help you. And you're going to like, you're going to do this thing. So Exactly. And, and guys don't, we don't get a whole lot of like encouragement, you know, like I, the, and I don't know what you think about Jordan Peterson. One of his big messages is just that we were a generation raised on rights. Like I have a right to this. I have a right to that. And our rights, your right becomes my responsibility. You know, like if you have the right to do something, it needs to be given like universal healthcare, which right. we don't have to get into that. I'm a little bit against because I'm not included in universal healthcare, which I think is BS, <laughs> but universal healthcare, which becomes someone's right, then becomes someone else's responsibility. Yeah. It becomes my responsibility to give you that service. And on the other end of that yin and the yang is like, we need people to be responsible and we need people to find meaningful things in their life to do. So it used to be all about like, okay, I have the right to be free. 
but how do you get free? You have like soldiers dying for you. You have like people in, in, in offices, you know, like the governmental office is putting in legislation to make us free and doing all these things. And there's a balance of that. And yeah. I think we're starting to find that out. And I think a lot of men's meaning, and this is like chicken or the egg. Why did testosterone go down? I think a lot of men are just losing meaning and, yeah. and I'm all for women's rights and I'm for getting women in the workforce. But when you look 50 years ago, a lot of men's meaning just came from providing for their family. And so now yeah. we're having to like shift that a little yeah. bit. And guys are, you know, and then some guys go off the freaking handle and then they just work like animals 80 hours a week. Elon Musk says that he works like 80 hours a week. But people <laughs> talk about like being crazy. It's like, that's why he makes billions of dollars. But it's like, is that healthy for every male in society to do? Yeah. I think that was kind of a message for me yeah. was like, go out and work real hard and make a lot of money. And then I'll be 30 this year. I'm just kind of like... I don't want to do that. I don't want to like have a family. I want to have friends. I want to, you know, do yeah. all these things. And, and in order, in order to compete now, it's like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta push things to the limit, which is you just do. like, yeah. And, and you touched on it a little bit and, and women's rights are important. Every, I guess everybody's rights are important, but we do, yes. we need to take responsibility. Everybody needs to take responsibility for everything. And I think a lot of it too goes along the way with masculinity has taken on it's shifted. It's shifted, but I think it, it, it just it, incorrectly, I think masculinity has been suppressed when really we don't need to be suppressing masculinity. We need masculinity. We need our men to be good. We need our men's testosterone to be good for the future of our, our generations to come. And it's not, yes, women are wonderful. And we play an integral part of that, but really I think people don't understand the importance of, you know, the, the masculine role in our mm -hmm. whole, everything as, you know, universe and a society. But okay, so I think we're about to get cut off. I thank <laughs> yeah, you yeah. so much for joining us. I'm gonna put you know links to all of your things. Do you have um, I know your Instagram, but a website or anything else? Yeah, drmichaelmoller.com. Um, my yeah, my Instagram's dr.michaelmoller. So you can find me pretty easy. Uh, I'm on Facebook and stuff too. So well, thank it you. So much. It was a pleasure, Ashley. It was absolute. Have a great day and thank you again. You got it. Take care. Bye. -bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.